And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. All right, one prediction is in from a fullback named Joel. Joel Makovica got us kicked off. He says 27-24 Nebraska. We welcome in from Counter Reed Brandon Vogel. He's in his football office for the first time in my life. I have a backdrop as cool as his. Hail Varsity YouTube channels where you can stream the show, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed. So apparently behind me, Vogues, is part of uniform from a Florida Gator and a Miami Hurricane during those back-to-back championships. You see it over my right shoulder, the scoring explosion poster. My name is covering it, but it's signed by all three of the, uh, the triplets. Uh, and, and then behind you is well, published work with John Cook that you wrote. So <laughs> you win. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I love it. How you doing, man? It's Colorado Nebraska week. This always makes you and I smile growing up uh, like we did with this bitter rivalry. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I agree. Before, you know, I don't know if I win because, as you pointed that out, I now see the Florida Gator pants, and it makes sense that the other one is Miami. But the, I lo- the thing I love about that, for those of you on the stream, is that inside that frame, it just says pants. So very well done. Um, take a peek behind the shoulder and check it out if you hadn't noticed that yet. Um, now, Nebraska, Colorado, you know, of, with my specific age, so in 1987, first Nebraska football game I ever went to was Oklahoma. So like, sure. you know, growing up, century, like, right? Part two, part two. Um, that was the team that like my parents, you know, uh, despised the most. But when I was like, you know, a, a, an annoying teenager, um, preteen, junior high type of age, like Colorado was really the team that was coming in, in the early 1990s. And as a as a person who grew up in the mountain time zone. Spent a lot of time in, in Colorado, including in, in Estes Park. Um, so this one does feel a little different than, you know, just your average, your, your, your run of the mill P5, P5 non-conference matchup. So, and I mean, in terms of like storylines, the setup, the whole thing, like it kind of doesn't get better than, than this Nebraska Colorado matchup that we got after Nebraska losing the way it did and also Colorado winning the way it did. Brandon, whenever you, you, you look at this game, I think you can look at it at, at two ways. With the opportunity, Nebraska to break a road losing streak against ranked opponents, to break a losing streak in general against ranked opponents, uh, and, and to do it in front of the, the massive TV audience that will likely be on hand Saturday with how many numbers that, that Colorado pulled last week. You think that number's probably going to grow this week. The, the opportunity is massive, but I think you can also look at it from a, from a bad omen point of view. It, there's a lot of bad juju that Nebraska has to break for things to go right on Saturday. Which side of that coin are you on in terms of opportunity or or maybe foreboding of this game on Saturday? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not on the foreboding side, though I see I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I think, you know, as, as tough as it was for Husker fans maybe last Thursday night, <clears throat> the way Nebraska lost, the, the fact that it lost in like the same way it's been losing for the past, well, two seasons for sure, but really the past five, um, that from a national perspective, so say the same person who's kind of independent of Nebraska sits in and watches, like I'm going to watch Nebraska game because it's on, it's Thursday night. This is one of the first games in college football. 
and I'm going to watch the Colorado game because, you know, Coach Prime. Um, they probably watch the Nebraska game and say, well, that's that's the Nebraska I've seen recently. And they watch the Colorado game, and it's totally different. I think that's to Nebraska's advantage. So you mentioned some of those things, like going on the road against a ranked team. Um, all of those things would be a, a real momentum builder, I think, for for Nebraska. But I don't think there's a ton of downside here because everybody has like moved so fully to to Colorado in, in this game that Nebraska gets a little bit of a free roll. Um, I mean, Husker fans will hurt if they're zero and two after two games, of course. But like, the season's not lost at that point. So I think it's I think it's advantage Huskers um, in terms of like the motivation, all of the like non tangible stuff around this game. I think I think favors favors Nebraska a little bit. The meat and potatoes part, the physicality versus the flash. To a point, Elijah made in segment one really is the storyline. And you know what? what is going to be a fascinating study for me? And right now, it look, well, well, I guess we'll know after two games, but I'm not really that concerned about Nebraska's defense. I think they'll probably give up some yards, maybe give up some points, but nothing like TCU did. That said, this is going to be your new normal. This is going to be going from Minnesota or Iowa, where it's two tight ends, five 320-pounders, and – downhill run game for four quarters to here's five wide with five guys that run four two and 10 deep balls a quarter you're going to have to be that diverse defensively to live life and survive in the big 10 that's what's what i'm anxious to see in year one of rule in year one of mr white yeah science how he can Use the personnel. And, and Nebraska's got all sorts of personnel to try and get down. You gave up 13 points, 10 of which uh, points off turnovers. <laughs> and, and then we'll see what the, the, the point total and yardage is for Nebraska's black shirts after, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon. But how do they live that life? Are they able to be good against both types of offenses? I think they can be. Um, I think against Minnesota was an encouraging first step. Uh, and that's one of, you know, all off season long, we talked about the three, three, five and how it's malleable. Like you can really disguise what you do and bring people from everybody. It's kind of like a amoeba defense. Um, <clears throat> but because it is that way, uh, it, it'll, it allows you to play a Minnesota one week and a Colorado next week and not have to really change a bunch about uh, about what you do. Um, the defense is kind of set up. Like, you know, the first snap of that Minnesota game, they, they essentially had four defensive linemen. You know, they walked somebody down. And, like, that's just that's just kind of part of this, this scheme. So it helps. It helps with that. You know, I think the Nebraska's defensive backs have to play well on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And – you mentioned the deep shots and, and Colorado is going to take them and they're important. You know, when you're talking about 30, 40, 50, maybe more yards in a chunk and Nebraska or Colorado does have the athletes. They're going to win some of those. Um, if you can keep it to 50, 50 on, on those sorts of plays, you're doing pretty well. I think the big thing like, uh, and, and I wrote this in my preview for, for this morning was, it's all of the like little stuff. So this Sean Lewis offense is really, really good and, and dangerous. Um, 
you take out kind of their eight explosive plays and then Colorado was down to about five yards per attempt, which is, you know, pretty low to average in, in college football. Those are the ones I think Nebraska has to disrupt because yeah, CU TCU was 45, 42, but the, the underlooked thing there, I think was that Colorado had almost nine minute advantage in, in time of possession we know where how Nebraska wants to play, how they probably should play offensively in this game. If you can flip that, um, and you, you'll give up some big plays, but not that many, I mean, that's that's kind of the way that Nebraska does this on Saturday in my mind. It's Brandon Vogel with us here. And, Brandon, if you go back about 90 seconds, you said something I really loved. You called Tony White's three three five the amoeba defense. Trademark that if you haven't just yet. I love that. I think that's going to stick. But whenever you look at this defense as a whole, which level, D-line, linebacker, or, or secondary, which one do you think has the largest challenge? Not the one that needs to perform best, but which is going to have the, the most on its shoulders on Saturday? I think you can obviously look at the defensive backs with Travis Hunter, but the, the defensive line is going to have some pressure on them too to make sure they get some pressure on on Shadour Sanders and you can look at the linebackers too with all the crossing routes that that Colorado yeah. ran against TCU there's gonna be some pressure on them to to get their drops and get their coverage right which level of that defense has the most pressure on them yeah it's it's, it's a good a good uh way to to dial into that because uh, I do think the DBs probably need to have the best game defensively um the D-line if Colorado can play like it did against TCU, which, you know, was part of what I was talking about with those, the rest of the passes that averaged a little over five yards, like it was all real quick. It was, you know, they're in a shotgun, three-step drop, like make a read and get it out. Nebraska has to disrupt that. So I think it has an edge um, in terms of pass rush. I just don't know, like this offense is sort of, designed Sean Lewis, you know, at, at Kent state kind of built an offense that was meant to live with an offensive line that maybe wasn't going to be the best. And that's, that's Colorado's O-line still, I think even after, after game one. So there's just some pieces of that, that they just do naturally that are, that might neutralize a little bit of that pass rush. So I'd put the onus actually on the linebackers. I think they might have the biggest challenge because, oh, two of those eight um, explosive passing plays went to went to a running back um, and, and two of them went for touchdowns of over 45 yards. That's that's a challenge. You mentioned they ran some they ran a couple of concepts a lot of times. Um, so so Nebraska's linebackers, they, they've got uh, some real good downhill guys there. This is a different challenge. So I'll, I'll go with that group. Josh chimes in, and Vogues, we made to keep you a couple minutes on the other side, but it's a fair question for Josh with Henrich back. Do you stick with Bullock uh, because of the speed and that Buffs offense, or do you go with experience? And I I stick with, with Bullock. Uh, it, it, that's just me. And you want to see Henrich uh, able to be in and perform, but I like the, the lateral mobility of, of Bullock right now. Uh, with what he's been able to do. Plus, he's done a, a hell of a job tackling this year. Yeah, he has. And this will be a this will be a big tackling game again. And I kind of lean the same way. Um, you know, having Nick available is is a huge boost. This is not an offense I think that wants to 
that would play into to Henrich's strengths specifically. So, you know, Bullock, I thought, played really well, uh, you know, in his 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 first start and has obviously had a really strong offseason to kind of get to this point. Um, a little light by classic Big Ten linebacker standards, but you're not playing a Big Ten team, um, you know. So I kind of lean your way of I could see his unique skill set being a little bit of an advantage. Nick will play will play plenty, um, but I, he, I would expect him to maybe get the start. Bogues, hang on for us for just a couple of minutes, if you can. Uh, on the other side, we'll get some more thoughts. Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Reed. Reminder about workers' compensation. Your friends at Dyer Law confused about your options for workers' compensation. Put your trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected and to get the settlement you deserve with Dyer Law, the team today. Dyer.law, that's Dyer.law. Dial them up, one dire law That's one dire law your trusted team and professional group when it comes to workers' compensation. More with Brandon Vogel of Counter-Reed. Gary Barnett coming up. Charlie McBride on the way. Nebraska Buff Week continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Doing some overtime here. Big Red of the Rockies, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here in Estes Park. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Reed. As it is just a glorious day out in Estes. Went down the road. Our man Evan here at Big Red of the Rockies in Navat. He said, you want a buffalo burger? I said, I do. And he pointed me the right direction. Medium rare. Fantastic. They had, I have had a beer, Elijah, so you lose the overbet there uh, on, on how many. Listen, it is just uh, so much fun being out as part of this rivalry uh, continues to, to bubble up. So Big Red of the Rockies today, Hale Varsity Roadshow, Ridgeline Hotel tomorrow, the battle in Boulder. Nevada, are there any seats left? Wait, four. Four. As in, as in, as in, what I scream when I golf with Nevada off the tee box. Four, four, and of course, blur, blur tailgate going on with Hale Varsity Weekend Edition, uh, opening up for pregame and then there for real red reaction postgame. Bogues, I got all of my spiel done. I want to get back to football with you. We know the spotlight's been on Colorado and Dion. Uh, He's more than absolutely paid for himself. Colorado is the talk of college football for the first time since Hagen, the enemy, McCartney, uh, 30 plus years ago. What would it look like in your eyes for Nebraska with that conversation? Say they go in Saturday, get a win, a wow win. Nebraska as a program desperately wants and needs. What would that conversation look like about Nebraska here? in 2023 if they go pull this off i think with the way that nebraska wants to play um and and the way the coaches have put it it would you know thinking broadly thinking nationally of how this would be received um not only would it be uh, nebraska would get its own sort of proof of concept which i would say wasn't really on offer against minnesota especially like after the first 10 minutes with you know when when we had an idea of like Oh, how, how big 10 is this game? So, um, <laughs> my, 
nine month old loves that game. So sorry, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's you're good. to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doing that against Colorado, I mean, that was the question people had all offseason. Like, you can be surprised that Shadur Sanders was as good as he was in his first, you know, power five game. But I think people knew he was good. Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the country. He just happened to go to Jackson State because Dion. Um, so there was no doubt that those guys were, were good players. You know, the, the question all, all offseason that I heard most often from college football observers was like, how do you hold up on the line? Like, what's, what's it look like in the fourth quarter, you know, when you're trying to build two, two lines from, from scratch, essentially? And I don't know if TCU really put that question to Colorado, and maybe that's just the way that the game unfolded. That last drive, after rushing as well as TCU did with four minutes to go, still shocks me. Uh, you know, they came out and threw on their first six, first six plays of that drive. Um, I think Nebraska plans to put that question to every team it plays, but it happens to line up uh, against a Colorado team that. I think a lot of people will be interested if if that question is put to them. And if Nebraska comes away with a win, um, they'll get some credit. But it honestly might be more damaging to Colorado than it is a boost to to Nebraska. And I think that's that's okay. We're two games in at that point. It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska-Colorado. And Brandon, uh, Matthew chimes in on the stream yard. He says if Sims passes more than 10 times, he will have two picks. I think that might be a little extreme. The, the bounce back, we'll see how that goes. But tell me what Nebraska needs from Jeff Sims on Saturday from a, from a stats point of view in order to give themselves a chance. Yeah, um, I, I, he'll pass more than 10 times. Um, <laughs> I put the, the number to hit for him with the, with the interceptions at one. Like, I'll give you one deflected pass. <clears throat> bad read something like you get to two and all of a sudden like seeing a Nebraska win gets a little bit harder for me or maybe a lot harder for me he's he's got to play well um and, and two of his interceptions against Minnesota to Tyler Dubbin um that guy's really good like all-american potential type good um not not that that's an excuse because the the end zone interception was just uh it was a little bit of a strange play call when you you look back at it, running the concept they did to to the short side, um, but also just the the wrong read. So there's that piece of it. Um, I think Sims like the big onus on him is is to be a part of the run game. Like I don't want to dumb this down too far, but like 15 pass attempts, uh, say go nine ten of of 15 sound pretty great to me because that would mean Nebraska was having enough success to run the ball as much as I, I think they they potentially could here. So these numbers, if if Nebraska wins, the, the numbers against Colorado offensively could look very, very option-like, um, which, hey, who, who has a problem with that? It would be a fitting tribute uh, with these two teams. Brandon Vogel, counter read with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, before we say goodbye, how can folks read you? Uh, how can they uh, get in touch with you? And then, too, I need a prediction if you're ready to do that. And if not, no worries. 
Yeah, um, you can find us, myself and Aaron Sorensen, with our, our new newsletter uh, at counterread.com. Um, just put out the Colorado preview this morning um, and have put up some, some, some well, what I believe is some, some really good stuff throughout the week. So uh, check that out. You can find us there with that prediction. I'll save a score for the Saturday show, so tune in then. <laughs> um, but I'll give you... Uh, I'll give you Nebraska against the spread at, at plus three, which was what it was at the last point I looked. Um, I like that quite a bit. That's that's I'm liking it too. We need to twist Elijah's arm to find out how much he liked it, or or may fall in love with it before he finds his way to Boulder. Well, what's the uh, what's the casino situation in, in Boulder? Is it legal out there or is it not? I think everything is legal in Boulder. <laughs> <all right? laughs> I, I just don't know if uh, of all my times in Boulder, I have I have found the one table in a downtown bar that had a Bowie knife blade carved "Go Big Red" right into it. I found uh, happy Husker fans. I found sad Husker fans, but I have not found a casino in Boulder. I have not done that yet. But I've, I've not looked that hard. Vogues, we'll check in with you on Saturday, all right? Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. There he is. Brandon Vogel, Counter Reed with us as Hale Varsity here at Big Red of the Rockies as Roadshow Part 1 tomorrow. Uh, Ridgeline Hotel, Coloradoans for Nebraska event, the battle in Boulder. We're there as things get kicked off. Really going to be fun tomorrow night. Just four Seats remaining there. You can log on Big Red of the Rockies to uh, pull the trigger on that. If you want to hang out tomorrow night, some really cool stuff. A Q&A, Tommy Frazier, Adam Carricker, a part of that. And, uh, of course, uh, all sorts of Nebraska fans here. In Estes, man, it's great. Then Blur, Saturday pre- and post-game. Come see us there as uh, we get you ready for Nebraska, Colorado. Real Red Reaction follows. We'll wind down hour one. Gary Barnett, get a preview of Nebraska, Colorado in hour two.